This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The Super Bowl is set. We have our winners Super of the Bowl! AFC. We have our winners of the NFC. We were 50-50 as far as good games were concerned this weekend, though. We yeah, got we one robbed. and we got a bad We were robbed. I, I, it was a bit of extenuating circumstances, obviously, when if Purdy's Brock elbow Purdy plays that game, like that. I don't see that being what? Was the final score 31-7? 31-7. Yeah. But I will say this. I don't think that the wrong team won as a result of an injury. I agree. I still think the Eagles are going to win the game. I agree. I just I think what was most surprising was the fact that the Niners defense just completely unraveled even when Brock Purdy went down. Like it, Brock Purdy doesn't play on defense. And Fred Warner I know got hurt on what like the second play I think of the he came game. Back, though. He did come back but that wasn't a good sign. Joey Bosa, you saw that. Him he was even on the field and he got hit in the legs because Two Nick, players Nick were Bosa. wrestling. But when you said Joey Bosa, it just oh. made me laugh about all his antics on the sidelines oh. or outside the stadium. Oh, my God. You saw him being chirped. Inside the stadium, too. You saw him being chirped. chirped. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. he's an idiot just because he's an idiot. But then he's so stupid because he thinks that, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chirp back at these drunk Eagles fans. How are you going to win that? You're not. In what, in what galaxy are you going to win that battle? First of all, the people that are chirping you already lost for being losers that chirp a professional athlete. All you have to do is wave and go, enjoy the game today, guys. Right, thanks exactly. For, thanks for showing your sport or, or have a nice day. And then they look like complete a-holes and you look normal. Instead, yeah. Bosa flipped it completely. And I'm watching that and I'm like, oh, look at these Philly jerks. And then it's like, oh, look at that Bosa jerk. What a... What a Wild reaction never, that was. I have never seen Joey Bosa come out on top of anything. <laughs> and in like a PR matter, I've never seen that happen. And then Nick Bosa, like you said, is getting his legs taken out. He's not even right. on the field. No. It was so, it was a what could go wrong went wrong. It was a Murphy's Law type of game for the for Niners. For the Niners, yeah. yeah. And when Purdy goes out, like you said, it kind of just ruins any chance you have at a right. good game because it's not even like Purdy's their first string quarterback. So now you get to go to their backup, who's been on the team all year long, has taken reps in practice all year long, is ready to play, is chomping at the bit, stay ready, mm-hmm. so you never have to get ready, as they always say. You're going to some fourth string dude that was just brought in like three weeks ago, and whose Wikipedia page of football teams that he's played for is longer than will fit on my actual computer screen. And he's played for like twelve different NFL teams, and then another like five different Canadian football league teams. Like. Yeah. He's been around the block. There's just nothing Josh Johnson was going to be able to do when no. he gets in that game. And, and and the best part is, is like that's a moment where everybody just collectively knows who Josh Johnson is. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like, oh, could you make a play and make this a good game? It's just like, you know, he's he not going to like there's you just knew no he hope. Going, here. Right. I was very I mean, when Christian McCaffrey scored his touchdown, Tom, I thought, Ugh. Can you get any angrier than that run, too, by the way? I thought— I felt Kyle Brandt during that going, Aah! I thought to myself, okay, we have something here. Like, Josh Johnson had been in the game at that point, but this team is good enough with Trent Williams doing doing his job of protection and then Kittle and Debo and Ayuk and McCaffrey, even though Jeff Wilson was out, those four guys were enough in terms of skills players and their abilities— to uh, to elevate the play, or not even elevate the play, but make up for the lack of play by Josh Johnson. I mean, you said to yourself, that was an angry run. 
Oh, so angry. But the unfortunate thing was, after that, right, it was tied 7-7. Uh, what was that? Uh, still in the, uh, you were already into the second quarter, so you still had so much time as you were tied, but then the Eagles uh, just took over from that point on. They scored on their next two drives to end that first half. Uh, Josh Johnson had a fumble. It was just bad. Like, as soon as the Niners had hope after that Christian McCaffrey touchdown run, everything kind of fell out from under them. Yeah, and I think you're spot on, too, where it's kind of unfair to ask a defense to be even better than the best defense in football after a regular season of, what, they gave up, like, 16 points per game or something Mm -hmm. crazy like that. I think at home they gave up, like, 14 points per game. It was absurd. But you kind of needed them to be even better once Purdy goes down, and maybe that is unfair of the of you to ask of them. But that Eagles offensive line is a problem, dude. Oh my and god! They just push bodies around. They're bullies up front, man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I think even if Purdy stays healthy, it's a closer game. But I still think the Eagles are scoring like 31, 38 points, maybe if they yeah. have to keep scoring, if they have to keep the hammer down. It's just. It's just a very overwhelming offense to have to play, especially in their building. So, yeah, he goes down in the natural case, or the natural reaction is, all right, defense can only give up up 10 points before, now you can only give up five points, or you know what I mean. Like, it, our, what we can allow has now been cut in half Mm -hmm. because of this quarterback injury. And I just don't, I think that was an impossible task for them. I, I don't think that they went out there and were like, oh, Purdy's hurt and Warner kind of hurts and Bosa kind of hurts. So, oh, well, we made it this far. They tried their asses off. They just, Kelsey's a monster. Johnson's a monster. They they are an unforgiving offensive line. And, I mean, very clearly the best offensive line in football. Yeah, I mean, they have the talent, right? They have the Pro Bowl talent. They have the All-Pro talent. That's not by mistake. Uh it's just not going to be an easy day for Kansas City. And we'll get to a Super Bowl preview later on, but with the Niners' defense watching that unit crumble, it's hard to imagine any other team being able to penetrate the backfield against the Eagles if the Niners couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the Chiefs have, you know, a terrible pass rush. I think Chris Jones was a freaking monster against the Bengals in this past game and clearly a big reason as to why the Chiefs ended up winning that game. Uh, But it's not as much of a pass rush as the Niners can boast. And I just, I think that that's going to give the Chiefs problems getting to Hurts, who's already so mobile anyway and whose offense is designed to really not let him sit back in that pocket and take sacks. Um, but even if he is dropping back in the pocket, he gets like, like there is a play early in the Niners Eagles game where the Eagles were in the red zone and Hertz stood back there and padded the ball like 15 times as he was waiting for, no one ever ended up coming open and he had to throw the ball away. But like they allow you to run the ball. Well, they allow you to sit in a clean pocket if you have to, most of the time they don't have Hurts in a clean pocket, though, so they block while he's on the move. It's There's no flaw when you look at their offensive line, and even though that they're going to um, be facing a defensive player of the year runner-up, I think, in Chris Jones this year, 
it's almost like it's going to be easier than going up against the Niners, who probably had the defensive player of the year in Nick Bosa on their side. So mm-hmm. it's there that offensive line, and people like to you know say with this Eagles run, oh what a light run they went on to get there. I mean they played the crappy Giants, and then they played up against a, a Niners team who was on their third string quarterback who eventually got hurt anyway. Uh, this is just a cakewalk for the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl. Well, that offensive line had to go up against Kayvon Thibodeau, a very mm-hmm. young, up-and-coming rookie, right? and Dexter First Lawrence, overall pick, and but... Dexter Lawrence yeah, right. who's already established as a great player on that Giants defensive line. Then that offensive line had to go up against the defensive player of the year and his buddies and Nick Bosa, wax them. And now that line has to go up against Chris Jones, runner-up defensive player of the year this year, and his buddies on the Chiefs line. So... I can see where you're saying, like, oh, well, you look at per like the headline grabbing players, the quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. yeah, it looks like an easy path for the Eagles. They're playing some of the most premier defensive players in football on their way to the Super Bowl and making it look easy. That's they deserve a lot of credit for that. But right. it's trench work, and that not a lot of people highlight the trench work. No, I think you know the people who know what they're talking about do. And I still think that's the best. There is a Matt Williamson was talking about this on Mark's show yesterday. There is a clear two schools of thoughts for building teams. Obviously, the line's important, but is it the most important anymore? Is it more important to go Bengals and get all these skill position players? Mm-hmm. Like you kind of see both play out. The Bengals get new, all the skill yeah, and they get to the both final four. The Eagles yeah. build through the trenches and they're in the Super Bowl. So both can work. But I'm just still so much more fond of building it the, the trench way and mm-hmm. building it up on the defensive and offensive lines because I think when you do it that way, your margin of error shrinks so, so, so. Or your margin of error grows, excuse me. Like, right, because like you, you can get away with poor play from mm-hmm. your skill position players because you just dominate the lines of scrimmage. There's so you just no, blow people off the ball. There's no risk of your quarterback being forced into errors or getting sacked 15 times and then that causes him to get rattled a little bit like i mean you saw how even if your quarterback's off if you have the best offensive line in football you're just running the ball for five yards how many times did you see josh johnson and maybe even brock purdy just have to run for his life and throw the ball away well that's another thing that's just very questionable and honestly i think shanahan maybe got a little bit lucky here because it was such a blowout and there's so many other, you know, topics of choice for the game with Purdy getting injured and all that crap. But what are you doing with your scheming of blocking Hassan Reddick? I mean, you let a tight end and not even George Kittle on him one on one as much as you did. You're asking for exactly what you got. And obviously it wasn't the reason why Purdy got hurt. But if the right tackle is helping out the tight end, maybe Reddick doesn't get to Purdy's elbow and maybe his UCL is still intact. Like, that was where I thought their game plan went the most awry was how they decided to block the Eagles' pass rush. Granted, very, very tough thing to do. Mm -hmm. The best pass rush we've seen since the 85 Bears in the NFL. But that certainly wasn't the solution, was to put a tight end on an island with Hassan Reddick. That's all pro right. versus borderline backup tight <laughs> And maybe you could say, I mean, I know it was Reddick who had the hit on Purdy that took him out and probably ruptured. Forced the fumble, know, yeah. Forced the fumble, but also aggravated the UCL on that play. But maybe you could just say the Niners were just saying to themselves, okay, with no, with no Trey Lance and no Jimmy G and no Brock Purdy, what can we really do here? 
And even though Reddick did that before, you know, Purdy went out, I everyone was saying, oh my gosh, the Niners are are passing the ball here, right? Because they, there was no reason for them to do that. So on that play specifically, yeah, I mean, Hassan Reddick came in like a bullet train and completely untouched, completely unblocked and had that easy lane and that easy ability to just swat at the ball and 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 damage the UCL for Brock Purdy. But overall, I mean, it was just not pretty for the Niners. And, Mm-mm. yeah, you could say, oh, they, well, they should have made that adjustment. But, Tom, I just don't – how much faith can you really have in your team if you're down to your four-string quarterback At the year, and the second-to-last game of the year? You're done. I mean, like, everybody – oh, is it is it a quarter plug-and-play quarterback system with Shanahan? It no. doesn't matter who you are. You can clearly sink far enough down into the depths of quarterback. You could maybe make the argument and just be like, Josh Johnson isn't just any quarterback off the street that could come in and you know what I mean? Like there are so many better quarterbacks who could come in off the street that aren't necessarily elite level or Pro Bowl level guys, but could come in and maybe do better. What do you think about reenacting the uh emergency quarterback rule? They used to have a rule where you can dress a third quarterback. He was only eligible to play if your first two quarterbacks got hurt and it didn't cost you a roster spot on game day. They they did away with that. A lot of coaches now choose to not dress a third mm-hmm. quarterback, go with an extra special team. I mean, the Steelers had three lineman, quarterbacks all year, but only always two dressed. Two. Only yeah. two dressed. Right, they right, always right. opt to go for that extra lineman, that extra special teams player. And 99% of the time, it doesn't really end up biting you. But it just bit the Niners in the worst possible timing when you're in the NFC Championship game and you didn't have a third quarterback dress when you needed one. I, I don't know why the NFL ever did away with right. the emergency but like, third it's, quarterback I think rule. it's only because at this point, how many times have you seen a, a team have to That's to why the, you make it an yeah, emergency. Right. And that's why you have to have the stipulation that just because Josh Dobbs is dressed, he is the emergency backup quarterback. He cannot enter this game unless your first two quarterbacks are out with injuries. It can't be mm-hmm. first quarterback through three picks, second quarterback through two picks. All right, time to throw the third quarterback in there. No. It has to be very clear that this guy only plays if injury dictates that he has to play. I, I think you should bring that back because you're right. It it ha- it's like a comet. It's like Haley's comet going through right. the sky. You barely you ever see, see it. it. And but it's just I don't so unfortunate go, for the Niners want, to have. It well, I don't want in fifteen that. years from now for right. this to happen again. And I'm watching my NFC Championship game, and I don't have a quarterback on the field because of this not being corrected. So I get what you're saying. It it, it never happens. But you're the NFL. Uh, make a rule where you dr- at least dress a guy so that if it does happen on that rare occasion you don't completely soil your product by having Christian McCaffrey potentially have to go in and play quarterback. Oh, my. Could you imagine? They should have done got, that. They should have done that. Honestly, more. I mean, you were better. I mean, talk about athletes, football players, Josh Johnson and Christian McCaffrey. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, I would have just done some schoolyard BS mm-hmm. after the Johnson injury and just yeah thrown as much crap on the wall as I possibly mm-hmm. could. You were, you were going to lose anyway. Of so. course. Maybe you don't want to embarrass I mean, again, yourself, but still. I, as I mentioned earlier, their one touchdown of the day after Josh Johnson had come in, it was still 7 nothing. Their one touchdown of the day came CMC. via an individual effort by Christian McCaffrey. On the A.J. Brown catch-no-catch catch, that was a catch. Devontae Smith. I'm oh, sorry, yes. Devontae Smith catch-no-catch catch, that was a catch on the field, but Not a catch. replay showed you it wasn't. I get what you're saying. Shanahan's got to challenge that. 
But mm. especially at fourth down, like you get you get the ball turned over. It's your. It's not just third down and ten instead of first down and goal. It's it's your ball. But go with me on this one. Okay. How many times did we see throughout Sunday's games the league's officiating handled via New York, handled via someone in the headset? That You're saying why, why was assist. there no intervention Where there? Where was the replay yeah, right. assist there? Yeah, right. New York obviously saw that. Why didn't they call that's into the refs' headphones and I, say, hey, 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 we got to take a look at this again. I don't know if he caught that ball. I, I, I think that's a great point because, again, I'll bring up the point that I made. It's fourth down. Mm-hmm. How are you not reviewing a fourth down play? It's just very inconsistent. Like, is it up to the coach to review that, or is it up to replay assist? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes replay assist will buzz down and say, hey, take a look at that without the coach even having to challenge it, and then sometimes the onus is on the coach to have to throw the red challenge flag. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, Shanahan should have just taken it into his own hands and thrown the flag anyway, but, I mean, there's mechanisms in place to kind of protect coaches from having to do that on plays like that, mm-hmm. and we're at the biggest game of the year to, to that point, it's still very early in the proceedings. It's a massive play, fourth down, like you said, that looked broken because Hertz had to right. break the pocket because the pass rush got to him. And for them not to review it either via the coach throwing the flag or replay assist, it, it's the type of inconsistencies that really bother me and really make me worried because I don't think you can sound dumber. And if you are one of these people that says this, I'm not sorry that you're hearing my voice <laughs> call you dumb right now. If you think the NFL's rigged, if you think right. that the, oh my God. the outcomes are predetermined. But, Jacob, when your refs are so bad, right. it and adds so, fuel and, to and that so, fire. Not just bad, but inconsistent. It leaves I doubt. Think, I think the bad comes from the inconsistencies. And you're leaving doubt. Mm-hmm. And you're adding fuel to that ridiculous right. fire of, oh, the NFL's rigged. No, it's not rigged. But, God, these refs suck. And... You can see why somebody might make the stretch that some fishy things are going on because you're giving them the opportunity to do so when in reality, the refs just stink. Like, that's just the reality of it. It's not rigged. Refs just stink at their job. Mm -hmm. Terrible. I mean, terrible. And it comes, I think the first word you have to say is inconsistent because that's what they are at first. And then you can criticize them for making the wrong calls or the bad calls because... They're not doing it equally or fairly across the board. And with the Chiefs and Bengals game, it's very upsetting to me. I don't think that the refs are the reason why the Chiefs won. The Chiefs outgained the the Bengals, the Chiefs. um, Every real statistical category that matters, the Chiefs were better than the Bengals in during that game. The turnover margin, the Chiefs were Joe Burrow had two interceptions, Yeah. yeah. So I don't think the refs were the reason why that the Bengals lost. But at the same time, their terrible performance put them at the top of the list of topics on a Monday after the championship game. Again, because they did not the reason why they the Chiefs won, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't go into a talk show on Monday and topic A B, wow, these refs stink. That's right. not what you want as no. a and someone like Gene Stewart Stertor would be the first to tell you it's it's a bad look for the refs. It's a bad look for the NFL. When the refs are topic one. Yeah. And it was a late hit out of bounds on Osai. I For mean, sure. No question that's a penalty. The, the, the debate, but the debate is he didn't have to make that play. He didn't have to make that push, but he did. He did. That's why you have to call it a penalty. But you didn't call it so many other times, and you didn't call the two holding calls 
that have now become very apparent that happened seconds earlier. I would have been very interested, and of course this is a wild hypothetical, Whoa. but it would be very interesting to see if Kenny Pickett was the quarterback. Oh, that was yeah. running out of if, if it's like if it's that. like a Kenny Pickett or a Mac Jones or a Tyler Hunt, somebody who hasn't established yeah. themselves yet. But again, I would say this, Tom. But it was a penalty. That's the the end of the line. It was the right call. And in the AFC Championship game, like if you're getting to that level, if you're getting to that point, I'm I would I would give the benefit of the doubts to the refs and say they should make that call because they should make that because call. of the stage of the game, not necessarily the name of the player. But of course, because it was that stage. And it was number fifteen in red. I can they they yes. had to throw it. They had, they had to, throw to throw it. The and I can see people saying, "Yeah, it's it's a penalty, but it kind of sucks that a game like that is decided on that flag." Right. It wasn't decided on that flag. It was decided on Joseph Osai deciding to push Patrick Mahomes when he was out of bounds. That's, and you, you got to feel for Joseph Osai. Yeah. You saw what the do you emotion think about in your man Pratt really digging into him like he did in the in the way into the locker room. You know cutting him pretty deep, I thought. And then you saw the other end of the spectrum with B.J. Hill stepping in. Right. I like what, obviously, you you much prefer what Hill did. I get where Pratt's coming from because that sucks. But you're a young team still building towards something, and he's 22 years old. He played great throughout the most of that game. You need to kind of have the mentality of inside you can be like, I can't believe that rookie or that second-year player just cost us a chance of going back to the Super Bowl. But outside you got to build him up because – you're gonna need Joseph Asai next year. It You're gonna be a contender like again that. next year. It seemed year. like the BJ Hill opinion was the overall opinion of the team. And the, yes, and, the and Zach Taylor even said he's right. been a great player yeah. for us. He made great plays all year long. He's got to learn like that. If you're a team where Asai's like 38 years old and Burrow's 39, and this was it, then I can maybe see where Pratt's coming from because mm-hmm. Pratt's gonna retire after this year or something like that. But to be where they are in the course of their potential, you know run at Super Bowls over the next five, ten years. This is a learning moment for sure. Build this guy up. He's 22 years old, and he's a really good inside linebacker. You're going to need him for the future. You're going to need him to try to win a Super Bowl as early as next year. And I don't know why, Jacob, but my gut after that game happened was telling me that I think the Bengals might be the team next year. It might be their year. Just because that's fuel for them? That's fuel. I guess you could say the same way that it That's was two fuel. years in a row the now. Fuel for the Chiefs, you know, they came that close. They thought they were deserving of it last year, but then they got upset. And the Bengals need to learn some more intricate things. You know, I don't think that the trash talk was really the reason why the Chiefs went out and won. I don't think that the Chiefs were kind of laissez faring their way through the game until they started calling it Burrowhead Stadium. And then they said, "Oh, now we really want to win this thing." Mm-hmm. They wanted to go to the Super Bowl. That's why they obviously. That's why they're course, playing the yeah. game that they are. But then after the fact, you obviously get the. The spoils of mm-hmm. of rubbing it in the Bengals' face. You got to learn to not talk so much trash if you're the Cincinnati Bengals because they were talking a lot of trash. I, I will this say game. this though: it wasn't like this was the first time ever these two teams face off. No, it's each not. Other. It's not the first time ever or the last time that players will talk <clears throat> before. But games. it's also yeah, right. And it again, I could even say go further and say it wasn't the first time. It wasn't the second time. It wasn't the third time. Right, this was the fourth time they've gone up against each other, and they were three and zero. So I do think there was some ground for what they had to say pregame. Now, I'm not excusing what the Cincinnati mayor did. That, okay, I was just gonna say that I think was the nail in the coffin yeah. for them losing. That. I mean, like, what are you doing come getting on, involved? Dude. What are you doing getting involved? And second of all, that's the thing that you do if they win. 
Right. And Burrow, oh, yeah. Burrow and you beats him for a fourth, fourth time, time. Two years in a row in their house, in, in that round on that stage, I could say, you know what? They can never beat the Bengals, or they the Bengals can never beat the Chiefs again. And if they had won two nights ago or three nights ago, I would have had no problem with him doing it right after the win. No problem whatsoever. You know what that was? That was a mayor and a mayor's office that had a really good, fun idea for a bit, but they had to win before it happened. And Well, we don't want to risk that. We have such a great idea. We should just do it beforehand Mm -hmm. because why would we waste such a great idea and potentially never have it see the light of day? I bet that's what happens. Like, well, this is so funny. we got to show it. We can't risk them losing and then forever not having this hilarious video to put out there. That's what I think went down there. And it was just stupid. And, again, that... That's not the reason why the Chiefs went out and won, right? But the Chiefs can make you think it was in the post game once. I mean, Burrowhead. It, it seemed my pretty ass apparent and, to Travis Kelsey, exactly. And Mahomes, I'm, I, I don't have any cigars, but uh, I got maybe we'll see if we can scratch a couple up. Uh, his dad had some. His, his dad, dad was smoking cigars <laughs> on the sidelines. Is that the best non-divisional rivalry in football right now, Chiefs Bengals? Yeah, just because, especially of what has unfolded the last week. And with week. them getting that win finally, yeah. and all the trash talk on the back end of it, with the Bengals trash talk on the front end of it, I am signing up in blood for whatever week those two play next year. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the best thing about it, is that we know they're going to play each other in the, the regular season. I hope the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and we get Thursday night kickoff Bengals-Chiefs. Oh, man. That would be, That'd be crazy. Armageddon already. So... I think that has probably risen to do you think that's the matchup? Do you think that's rivalry. the matchup? If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl as a Thursday night matchup, it's tough. It'd be pretty hard not to do it. I bet you it's the Bengals, or I bet you it's the Chargers. I bet you it's either no. Or. I don't think you go division. Really? They did with the Steelers once before, didn't don't they? Think I so. think that they played the Ravens to kick don't things think off. So. I know that the Steelers like a played, normal season. I know the Steelers played the Broncos on Thursday Night Football when the Broncos won their Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, and they got torched. They got demolished. Uh, the Steelers, off the top of my head, uh, after the 05 Super Bowl, I believe they played Miami, and Ben Roethlisberger got hurt in that game or had got hurt before, and Charlie Batch started that game. And then you remember after that? And Joey was Porter the- was playing against the Steelers, and got a sack. And then after 20... And then 2008, the I believe I it, was it was the, the Titans. Titans. Yeah. Because I remember that. It was the Troy, Troy Palomalu. Yeah. The only one that... And then they lost in 2010. So it Okay, wasn't, so maybe it wouldn't be a division yeah. then. So maybe it'll be Bengals or Bills. Now... Let's say that. It'll be Bengals or Bills on that Thursday night game for the Chiefs. Yeah, that sounds about that right. That sounds about right to What me. would be another cool one, though? Because remember this past year, it was Rams-Bills. Yeah, it depends on who... I don't know who the Chiefs cross over on, but... Say, what if they play the Eagles next year? Kind of, uh, well, that can't repeat. You can't the Super make that the Bowl. first. Why not? Could you have a little repeat? Could you? Little, maybe, maybe. Who knows? They can do whatever they want because they're the NFL. I guess so. Is there uh, another? T- I mean, maybe the Niners would be a fun team to yeah. play. But okay, more importantly, is there another non-divisional rivalry? No, that you can no, put no. Up there? In football, that you can compare to Chiefs and or I mean, you're never going to gonna be able Bengals? to no. replicate like a Steelers Ravens or a Giants Cowboys type thing because you play twice a year. No, I'm no, I, I'm agreeing with you. Chiefs Bengals is the biggest non-division rivalry out there in football. If you missed any of our show today, don't worry. We got you covered. You can listen to all of our shows, all of the drive shows, all of Wes and Moats on the Blitz, all available for download and subscribing to on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I mean, we're just scratching the surface as far as it comes to Super Bowl talk and, oh, yeah. and talking about these Still got a whole other week. Eagles. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun week here ahead at the Steelers' standard. And we'll be back again later this week with some fresh content for you all. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman. Thanks, as always, for listening.